21web.com podcast. If I sound a little excited, it's because I am. And for multiple <coughs> reasons. Reason number one, the boys are back in town. The OG squad is here. Fellas, what is up? Not much. Got a nice pair of lungs on you. Yeah, that was impressive. I Thank you. Really testing what you got, and it's it's incredible. A lot, a lot of training led up to that oh, yeah. this week. A lot of uh, breathing exercises. Just but. just doing that right on the uh, the train in the New York City. Just <laughs> welcome. <laughs> right Your buds in. Wouldn't even be in down. the top fifty percent of weird things that's <laughs> happening. So yeah. Um. Well, yeah, so we got the boys back together uh, after Caleb's solo performance saving the day last yeah. week. I mean, when when the people needed him, he came and saved us because, yeah, I we did a whole thing. <coughs> Frazier and I did the whole podcast, hour and 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and lost it all thanks to computers and also me being a jackass and not doing a backup recording so yeah that that happens apologies if we uh say takes that we said we had in last pods and they were from that pod so right yeah i know i gotta try to keep that separate now and you know i tried to i tried to block it out of my memory because i was so traumatized (laughs) you wake up on a thursday morning ready to edit and everything's gone and you're just like well i can't recover from this but it's okay, because Caleb saved us. He did a great job. He came back, triumphant return. And now um, we get to talk about week nine, which week eight, like Caleb told us last week, was sort of a dud, a little bit boring, pretty chalky. Um, there were still things happening, obviously. But uh, this week is not like that. It was essentially the opposite of that. There were results that were crazy, that were not what we expected a few weeks ago at least, um, and there were major trades happening already um, leading up uh, before the games and after the games. So let's just get into that, first of all, uh, the trades, because uh, I want to start with what happened today a.k.a. Tuesday, post-week nine. Uh, quarterback madness is what happened. because And Tim, the insulin pens were, were the nucleus of it all because finally, finally, Kyler Murray was actually traded, which is something I didn't actually know if we were going to see, but we've been talking about it for so long, and I don't think anybody expected that it would be the pens walking away with Kyler when it was all said and done. So before we even get into what happened seconds after the Kyler trade, reactions to that deal? A huge, huge move for Tim. Big move for Carter, too. I mean, Tim, he's he's got that skeleton we keep talking about, and he adds a, um, a top two, top three dynasty QB to it now, whereas... Um, a little bit of an upgrade from Burrow, and then on the other end, Carter gets his first back and hopefully adds a premier talent with that pick that's looking like it should be top two. So I liked it all, all ways around. Yeah, that was big, Carter getting his first back. 
Uh, that was huge for him. Obviously, moving Kyler, it's it's going to take a hefty price. But and and I mean, it's pretty much the last guy on his team that's worth a significant value. So this is the kind of the final nail in the coffin on this team this year. But I think it worked out well for both sides. You know, um, I mean, Carter still got Mac Jones back, right? Yeah, um, he did. Yep. So that's a piece that he could be using for, for moving forward at quarterback. And then Tim uh, gets a top what three or four quarterback dynasty asset uh quarterback so yeah i mean he's got all these picks and then we'll get into it with fraser too these guys they're both kind of retooling but got all these picks go get your quarterback and then build from there yeah and that's uh that's a good point too because it wasn't only the two big quarterback trades there was a precursor to this where tim gets Mac Jones, mm-hmm. who uh, controversially did some that things. Motherfucker. We're gonna, we're gonna, piece of shit. We're going <laughs> <we're gonna laughs> to talk about that part later. Um, but all you need to know is that there was some internal pressure in the Moneymakers building about what were we going to do with Mac Jones? Is there going to be a statement? Well, the statement was that he was traded for a second, so it cashed out. He was a later third-round pick, cashed out with the second. Tim immediately comes back, includes him in this monstrous trade for Kyler. Um, And like you said, I mean, another storyline concurrently to this Kyler stuff is Carter going to deal him was the sadness or the the remorse around Carter not having that first in what was – easily the most uh i mean depressing season that this franchise has had in in a few years Mm -hmm. here the hope had been kind of sucked out of the building uh and a big reason for that was because he didn't have that pick and so now he gets it back there's a little bit of hope back in that building and he gets to look forward to making that selection um and you know it at at the cost of of the face of the franchise and the guy a guy that he you know, picked in the late second uh, and major turnaround. A few years later, two firsts plus, and, you know, one of those is going to be a top three pick. Yeah, it's always pretty demoralizing uh, being that bad and not having your own pick. So I like that he just goes out and gets that done. I think Tim held on to it long enough to see if it would become the number one pick somehow, and this, this week was kind of the nail in the coffin for that. Um, and I want to give props to the money makers. This is what uh, well-run organizations do when they have a potential cancer in the in the locker room. They they get rid of them um, as quickly as possible. I think some other teams could maybe learn from that. I agree with that. And you know, it's no coincidence that the Insulin Pens were the team that came <laughs> crawling. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, Mac Jones gonna be an insulin pen legend. All of <laughs> yes. two hours. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've kind of alluded to it already. But the a big reason maybe why uh, or why Tim decided it was time to move on from Joe Burrow was because of the trade that he had brewing, and then seconds later the kyler trade hits and then all of a sudden the joe burrow trade hits um and frazier david wilson batman has been linked to joe burrow for weeks now definitely a lot of reporting going on there and just kind of wondering you know this stack seemed a little bit destined to be 
and ultimately, yeah, two firsts. I mean, this is a player that was was picked uh, in the seventh overall selection. Uh, kind of an unprecedented move in the quarterback position, and now we see a year later, or you know, post uh, what has all happened here, uh, he gets an additional first tacked on there for him. Yeah, I mean, Tim, we had kind of like a cold war going for like a month with this Burrow thing where he first brought it up. He's like, hey, I'm ready to make the uh, the trade for you to get the stack now. And I was like, eh, I'm not, I, I'm fine. And then it was just kind of back and forth, always in the back of my mind, and I kept bringing it up. And finally today I made uh, the best offer I've made so far. And he said, well, I can't do that because I don't have any other options. And then uh, dealership Tim came up with another option in like five minutes so and that's how it all came away <laughs> it's interesting how uh he doesn't have any other options i guess jalen hurts has really fallen off yeah. uh the whole qb1 kind of guy and i mean this does help solve that scenario of picking between them every week like he's going to be starting kyler going forward but yeah the stack seemed pretty much inevitable burrow chase for years to go to come is uh it's not a fun thought as a fellow pack five owner <laughs> running into that a couple times a year but um it's a really nice get you get your guy and you still got fields who looked good on uh monday night football so uh the quarterback room suddenly looking a lot better where it's it's struggled for a lot of this year yeah and what we see here with these moves uh i mean we we kind of saw the precursor to this in the preseason with the Dak Prescott trade. That was uh, a trade that was talked about quite a bit leading up to it as well, wondering who's going to be the one to make that move around the quarterback position. And now we see it happening. Uh, we we it, it, two more quarterbacks go for a two firsts mm-hmm. kind of a price, and now we understand. Okay, that's where we are now. I mean. And the, that's like what you just mentioned there, Caleb. I mean, Frazier, you went out, drafted Justin Fields. You made moves to get guys, Zach Wilson as well, in the quarterback room. And that it doesn't it, it didn't stop you from making a move like this. I mean, we've seen the importance of having uh, a really strong and even a deep quarterback room. I mean, Dan is – we're going to talk about that as well, but – He's kind of feeling the pressure of that, which is not a team that you would have expected to ever say that about. Uh, and it just goes to show that it, it really does make a huge difference uh, for some of these teams. You know, a team like Josh, who's, you know, seeing a resurgence out of Lamar Jackson and directly correlating with another strong season from the Rebels. I mean, these the quarterback position really is sort of the engine now where if you get that that 30 point bump every week i mean it is so huge mm-hmm. yeah i think i think we reached a really nice spot with the quarterbacks i think this is going to continue with people trying to um, maybe replicate what caleb did with that dual quarterback thing they're just nice long-term assets that you can invest into and if you do hit the point where you can get two elite ones like where caleb was at this off season with josh allen and dak and you can ship one off and immediately get get two first that's just huge for your team so i think people are going to start trying to maybe hoard these guys a little bit agreed um we also saw a few other moves as well um like i mentioned a few leading up to the games and then a few more today 
Uh, don't have to go through all of them. They were fairly uh, smaller trades overall, but some depth moves. Kelvin got into the mix. He first round pick for Mike Williams. That was one that we were, you know, Mike Williams obviously having that sort of a year. Um, you, you get that uh, first round price on him there, Frage. And then uh, the, the Trey Sermon uh, trade with Damian Harris. I mean, that's another kind of weird move. <laughs> Uh, a lot of opinions on that one, but uh, any of these any of these littler moves stand out to you in particular? Uh, Calvin adding Deion Jones is interesting with a defense that has been really good this year, led by T.J. Watt um, and the Mike Williams trade. Calvin uh, fully fully sending it in the already three teams above him in that Big Five right now. So that was he. He saw blood in the water with Mingo with a rough Thursday. He had a great Thursday and just fully sent it. Um, I like that. And Yeah, Caleb responds with the Damien Harris move. It's definitely kind of a little bit of an arms race going between these three teams battling for the wild card spots right now. Yeah, leading into that Thursday game, I remember I was trying to make some deals with Calvin. He was like, just hold on, because if I have a big Thursday night, uh, <laughs> I might be making some different moves of my own. I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> and then JT pops off, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not making a deal with Calvin. And then the Mike Williams trade comes through. Hopefully that's a startable receiver for him with Ridley out um, for the time being. Um, and then, yeah, I made the move for Damien Harris. Uh, mostly just I had no depth at running back at the moment with Gibson on a bind, playing hurt, Sanders being hurt, and Mike Davis not really being good. So um, Trey Sermon just sort of got him, flipped him, and then Richie Grant, sad to see him go. But there just aren't many running backs out there to go and acquire, and Harris has been playing well. So felt like a guy that could be a good depth piece for me moving down the stretch. Yeah, that the Harris and Sermon trade – just really kind of caught my eye because it's just so funny to see how quickly the tide has turned against Trey Sermon. I mean, a player that, you know, had some even some first-round buzz with the landing spot and the expectation that he was going to take the take the reins on that backfield, and he has not done that. Um, and that's not to say that he can't, which is why I kind of like the move for Carter a little bit. You know, Damian Harris – Good piece for your team, Caleb, right now, but not necessarily a guy that you can count on being a Patriots running back, and uh, you know, not the not the sort of high ceiling guy that you envision. So maybe you know it ends up working in the long term for for Carter as well here. But yeah, just uh, fun to see. Fun to see that the action's starting to pick up a little bit. The trade deadline is approaching. Um, I think we're gonna like lock down a, a date and a time on that coming up here it's it's usually post week 10 um so leading right before the week 11 games mm-hmm. um so not this week but next week and then we can just sort of choose our own time um i think we discussed maybe just not even having an official trade deadline in the app and just kind of saying you know get them all in by this time i think usually kick off and then we can yeah we can yep. mish move people if need be yes yeah so yeah um going into that the reason that this even all happened the reason that the arms race starts to pick up here is because of the results of the week nine game so let's get into those 
Uh, Caleb mentioned it last week. It was a loaded slate. There were some huge matchups this week. Major opportunities for teams to get themselves right back into the race, to take a firm hold on their position. Uh, and what we uh, what we ultimately saw was just kind of complete chaos uh, in a very web fashion. So let's start with the game of the week. There was a poll. Uh, I was a little bit shocked. Uh, Caleb, you came out and said you thought it would be Josh and Dave, and that is who I voted for as well. But people like the power. And people like the luster of the big five, and I can't blame them. <laughs> uh, so we got the Fresh Prince and the Pirate Crew as your game of the week this week. Um, obviously, two teams that have been, you know, well in control this season. Um, both going into this with an opportunity to really take a firm grasp on the big five. And uh, it was Dan's first week post Derrick Henry. And it wasn't really the loss of Derrick Henry that uh, caused what happened to happen. Uh, but it was a disaster for the Pirate crew this week. And Parker capitalizes. Yeah, <clears throat> really perfect timing for Parker with all that he's been going through with all these injuries now Chubb's got COVID again this guy just cannot catch a break this year um so really good timing I know he was talking about how he hasn't just caught a nice break for a big web win in a while and he he wanted it this week and he got it um just at first glance I don't know if sh should we be worried about Dan right now what do you guys think is this Henry was that the cause of this, or what are we thinking? I don't know. I It's tough to say. I mean, it was a down week for the offense. I'm just scrolling through here, and this is his... He had 80 points of offense. That's the lowest he's had since uh, 2019, um, week 11. So, if you would have told um, me ever, I probably would have believed you. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, man, how long are we going to scroll? But... Yeah, it was just tough. I mean, the benching Mahomes for Stafford, I mean, was ended up being the right call, but Stafford only scored 13, so that was unfortunate. The receivers didn't really do anything. Tyreek, Sutton, and Julio all get outscored by Hunter Renfro, who he flexed. Um, and then the defense was solid. I mean, the defensive linemen do their thing. Kendricks and Leonard do their thing, but... It was just a rough week for Dan, and uh, I don't know if it's the Derrick Henry hangover of him getting injured. You know, Zach Moss taking his place isn't exactly ideal, but just uh, let the like I said on the pod um, last week, I was just like we're going to kind of see some chinks in the armor here, and it really came through this week. Well, I can tell you something. Uh, Derrick Henry wasn't scoring 70 points per game, and that's the sort of <laughs> sure. thing that we saw. <laughs> Are you sure? We're pretty like, damn close. Run those numbers again. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, it, it, it is a very symbolic moment for this team. I mean, it. yeah, it wasn't completely Derrick Henry's absence that causes a week like this, but in a way – uh, you you kind of get the sense that the wind is a little bit out of the sails, and he's going to make me my words next week when he comes back out with a 250. But 
it just seems like that, you know, you lose an MVP player. You lose a player like Derrick Henry, and while the lineup is very strong around him, you just see immediately the the difference, the, the difference in how this team is perceived. We already were talking that way last week. Caleb was talking about it. We talked about it on our Phantom podcast. I mean, everything about this team felt different, even after a 224 uh, just because of that one loss of Derrick Henry. And so to see a week like this, to see a 157, easily his lowest performance of the season. I mean, it, it was just a horrific offensive performance for this team. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a sign of things to come, but I will say that I think we have reached this inevitable moment where we now have to admit, yes, this team just came back down to normalcy i mean it it became a normally great team it is not the demigod that it was before this uh and that's going to make a lot of teams in the league very happy as we approach the playoffs yeah it really opened things up one of my lost phantom takes was that uh dan with the way he was playing was kind of suppressing the the action in web um a lot of teams just trying to get into the playoffs, maybe not invest too much um, of their future into trying to win this year just because Dan's team was so overwhelmingly good and consistent earlier in the year that it just didn't make sense almost to do. just made more sense to just go in and see if you can beat them with what you have. And this Derrick Henry injury has opened it up, and it, it just was creating such a margin for error um, in this lineup that I think is going to be exposed here um down the stretch so it'll be interesting to see if he has any more moves beyond the zach moss trade he still has that first to play with to potentially um maybe just add some depth just with that or maybe even package it with some something to maybe get someone uh, more impactful so we'll see where he goes from here yeah, and I do want to. We have to talk about this because I was I was shocked um, about. I mean, it, Pat Mahomes. I mean, Pat Mahomes was on the bench this week. Manager's decision. Do we think on the bench? Do we think that had anything to do with not uh, wanting to cheer against the Packers, or was this um, a purely fancy move? I mean, if that's what it was, like, respect to him for putting the real life ahead of the fantasy life because <laughs> you're you're going into this the uh, one of the games of the season so far. I mean, this colossal matchup with the Fresh Prince, Big Five, you know, mania is in full swing. And if that's what it was, I mean, like, kudos to him, but I wouldn't be me. I think and, I think it was the matchup against the Titans that maybe would have swung it. I don't know. I I'd, I'd love to hear his thoughts, but I don't I don't think it had to do with the Packers. I don't think he would care that much. And but that's what I'm saying. Like you're playing matchups yeah. with Pat Mahomes. I mean, is that something that mm-hmm. we ever expected Mm-mm. to hear? I mean, the 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 fall of Mahomes this season has been so unbelievably surprising and just ridiculous in every way. And it's been overshadowed by how dominant this team has been. 
But when you see a week like this where the offense falters and Mahomes isn't even there for it and wouldn't have even made a difference in it, I mean, that is really something. And I, it's, you know, it's we're always going to go back to the Justin Herbert trade, and this all ties back into quarterbacks and why it's important to build this group up and have guys ready to go because he would love to have Justin Herbert right now. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, he could have predicted what happened. We've said that enough. You you couldn't predict what happened with Herbert, but to, to, to see what has happened with Mahomes and then what has concurrently happened with Herbert. I mean, it is just a nightmare situation. <laughs> I'm sure Dan loves so. I feel like that Herbert thing gets brought up so much. I just never gonna forget man <laughs> people don't forget uh but yeah the i don't what is like he did not look good and i don't like no I don't he didn't look that much better than jordan love yeah like i don't being think honest the packers yeah. defense is that good that we shot him down i want to believe that because it'd be really good for us but i just don't think it was i don't know if it's something with people figured out how to play him i don't know it looked like he is constantly trying to take like the deep shot, mm-hmm. and he misses. Like the weekly occurrence has been him missing a wide open Kelsey at least like three times a game. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in Kansas City. I mean, they found a way to win that game, but Mahomes has just been. I mean, if you look at his fantasy numbers the past three weeks, six, fifteen, and twelve, and that's with our boost. Like that is like you can find that off waivers. <laughs> so. And if you're the Chiefs, like, I think we all, like, there's so many of those draft mistakes that everyone brings up all the time, and you're always kind of like, is is this ever going to catch up with them? And it's like, I don't think so, because they just have Mahomes. They can get away with not taking Swift and not taking DK, but it honestly kind of seems like it might be. Like, Kelsey's uh, getting up up there, Tyreek, if uh, there's no other weapons, you can kind of take away... Tyreek a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they go from here. Yeah, and I mean it's it it really is just uh you, you thought that this was gonna be a nuclear weapon with the quarterback changes and what I mean last year MVP contender and web and um you know you just cannot you can't predict something like this to happen. Um, but you know that kudos to him for making that Stafford move to add to add that depth, and now it's it, it it's paying off. He's he's starting him over Mahomes at this point. So um, I I do want to you know end things on a positive note for Dan, uh, just because this is still the Pirate Crew, still seven and two. Uh, Eric Kendricks is a player that you just mentioned there, Caleb, and I feel like we need to just quickly. Uh, have a little appreciation moment for this player because he went unappreciated last season. Um, a, a player that was part of this uh, franchise, uh, the, the K1 franchise, which has undergone so many name changes, <laughs> owners, an ownership change. Uh, Kendricks was there through all of that. And now uh, he gets his moment on this uh, contending team. And he is making the most out of it. And dare I say, he might even be a defensive player of the year candidate again this year. So just wanted to uh, 
shout out my appreciation to a web vet and a web legend who's finally mm-hmm. getting his opportunity. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him get the hardware after he was on, probably on pace if he would have finished it off. I think everyone kind of just forgot about him last year. Yep. Yeah, I had him pretty pretty high on my ballot still, I feel like, after he got hurt. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I was all the way on the defensive player of the year train until he got hurt, and I haven't really looked at it yet, but he, he's definitely a front runner right now and a, a big part of this defense. Absolutely. Um, well, switching over to the winner of this game, that is the Fresh Prince. And, um, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't his best week. This was not a, a dominating performance by the Fresh Prince either. Um, and obviously he had the loss last week, kind of a disappointing week as well, a 177. Now he's up to 189, but the offense is just still uh it it's it's weird the offense is still so weird and like you mentioned uh now nick chubb is gonna be out of the lineup again yeah this that's why this was a massive win for this team just because it's like things have been going so wrong with injuries covid and just circumstantial things that like just getting this win getting that seventh win with uh He's got two a Colin and a Carter matchup yet to get to nine potentially. So just getting this win was just so massive over Dan um, for this team. And now he can kind of take a step back, relax a little bit, and wait for this team to start to come together again, get this all-time IR team maybe back in the lineup here soon. So I think just a, just a huge week, huge win, even if it wasn't exactly pretty with the 189, just kind of around league average, just – Getting that, getting that win and just being able to relax a little bit is going to be big for this team and get that lineup healthy. Yeah, massive win for this team. Um, with a spot start, Danny Jones, with uh, an, uh, Brady and Russ out, another spot start for Daniel Jones this season. Um, Nick Chubb, massive week. The defense really came to play, really helped them out. Uh, Harold Landry continues to be a force. Denzel Perriman. Loki has been having a really nice season. Um, not a lot of impact plays, but double-digit tackles in almost every game this season. And then he was running four DBs, too, and they all produced pretty well, honestly. Um, Jeremy Trin uh, is coming, starting to start to come into live. Uh, 11 tackles and a force fumble. Still got Derwin, and then Cream Jackson and Adderley played parts in this defense or performance. So, yeah, a really good week. Or Well, I mean, it's, it's a win. I mean, you can't complain about it. Um, maybe it wasn't the season really it's like it hasn't gone how he has wanted but he's at seven and two so right. um, he's got to be happy you know with the results just have to wait and see when guys get healthy where Odell goes um, that's going to be another big part of this whole uh, team moving forward yeah the the defense uh, has been a major story for this team um, over the last five weeks the Fresh Prince is your leader in defensive scoring above even Dan himself. So um, a defense that we expected to be dominant and to uh, be a major impact for this team, to have a major impact for this team, um, he has been that over the last five weeks. And he's, uh, you know, 4-1 and one over that stretch. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's needed it. He's, he's needed every bit of it because the offense continues to be inconsistent. Like we've said, 
Um, and I, I like that you bring up Odell because it, it just kind of uh, curious. Uh, is there a landing spot out there for Odell where you'd, you'd get excited about him again? Think about maybe plugging him into that flex spot? The uh, Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, the, that team up there. Yeah. There's no way it's going to happen. This is a classic free agent. It's like, all right, if the be, Packers could get him. This but. would be the most they've had my heart on one of these because I'm so ready for it. So I'm gonna be, I would be very disappointed. Well, based off what they've done up to this point, I'm starting to think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're in full let's just bring in all the players we can for Aaron Rodgers, and this would be the ultimate addition for for Rodgers after all the years of bitching about wide receivers, maybe bring some uh, vintage Odell opposite of Devontae Adams. That'd be something else. Yeah, I think we got the uh, personalities to keep him in line for a few months, and maybe then just everyone leaves, and it'll just be a nice little run, I think. Love that. I, I, I'm wish, I, I wish I wasn't wishing for it, but I am. So I much. just needed to hear you guys say it. So, All right. Well, major, major uh, implications there with Parker catching the Pirate crew um, and moving himself up to 7-2 and two in the Big Five tied at the top. Um, and let's shift over to the Pac-5, the game that uh, had similar sorts of implications. We had the boys looking like the favorite once and for all. Uh, really reclaiming that spot. And then we had the Rebel Alliance, who was uh, living off of the magic that his team had created um, throughout the entire season. And there was an opportunity for him to do it again this week against Dave. Uh, but ultimately, it was the boys that had some Monday magic and seals the deal with uh, Robert Quinn on Monday night and squeaks past the Rebels. Yeah, that was crazy. That this game, I I felt like Dave was up by like forty points in projections for just all of Sunday, and then Sunday night football ended, and Monday came around. I looked at the projections, and I was like, Josh is setting up for another just Monday night miracle, in like in the opposite direction uh, with him ahead. And at this point, I, I was just like, yep, Josh is, Josh is going to beat Dave. Robert Quinn's going to put up like a one-tackle performance, and I'm, I'm shocked that it didn't happen. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Like, I checked. I was like, I thought most of the games were settled. And I saw the projections. Josh was, like, really close. I was like, what the heck happened? I still don't really know what happened. But, um, yeah, a yeah, uh, big win for Dave, even with, I mean, I mean, Cooper Cup continues to be – the man like this is an unbelievable pace he's on for this offense Darren Waller back in the lineup um I'm just the quarterback thing we're gonna talk about it it feels like every week uh Derek Carr gets a start this week just 10 points Tannehill on the bench with 15 Darnold on the bench with negative 1.2 so uh and Drew Brees on the bench as well um coming out with a big performance more than Darnold uh he did <laughs> <laughs> He's currently the oh they don't rank him in there but yeah that I got I'm trying to figure out if he's gonna do you guys think he needs to make a move for a quarterback or can he 
try and match up ride Carr and Tannehill going forward. Well, let me tell you something. He's trying to make a move for a quarterback. I got some inside sources to suggest he is in the market, but hmm. I am a little bit concerned uh, that the market may have just closed for the quarterbacks because we have talked about Kyler Murray being the bell of the ball, the guy, the quarterback that was just hanging out there for the taking. And you put a Kyler Murray on this Dave team. Oh. I mean, you're talking about a, a team that's just primed to go straight to the title. I, it, and I understand you have to find a pathway there. He doesn't have a lot of draft capital to play with there. And it might have been impossible. He may have inquired. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that a fellow Pac-5 team that is on the rise got Kyler Murray. And the boys are sitting here with Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. And so I I don't know what quarterbacks are left out there to make a move for. I don't even know if he necessarily needs to make a move anymore. I mean, he's he's looking like he's in form for four straight wins up till this week. I mean, the offense was really clicking on all cylinders. But like you just said, we're going to talk about it all season. It is a dark cloud that's hanging over this team, and it's lowering his ceiling every single week. Like we mentioned, this having those guys, those 30-point guys, that's such a major advantage. And we see it this week with Josh, 34 from Lamar, and 10 from Derek Carr. That was 24 points right there. So... I mean, can he overcome it? Absolutely. But it is going to be something that we are going to have to talk about all season. Yeah, and I think he definitely could address it. And I think his team is at the point. Did you say he was in on Kyler? You have sources? I don't have sources that he was in on Kyler, but I do have sources that he is in for other top Mm. quarterbacks. Top. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe old uh, old veteran quarterbacks, former MVP this. potential players who have been in the media quite a bit lately. They, they have controversial opinions and stuff like that. They they have a few controversial <laughs> opinions. Um, but yeah, if he if he can't make a move like that, I think he's got to start maybe even looking. I mean. Some of these teams out of the race have these types of quarterbacks that would be pretty cheap. Um, and I think you could just maybe start looking at some of these matchups that these teams have or that those quarterbacks have in the playoffs and just kind of go by that. Like, I mean, your Matt Ryans, your your Jalen Hurts has gotten talked about quite a bit. Uh, maybe like a Baker Mayfield type and just maybe just see what who these players play in week 16 and week 17 when he'll need them and Maybe go get the one that he likes the best at this point, and if, at the very least, it could be an option uh, when he get, does get into the playoffs. I do have to mention mention um, a couple guys I called out previously. His linebacking crew, I uh, told him he was going to have to make a move or do something. Leighton Vanderesh from the grave, twelve tackles, <laughs> and then Anthony Walker. <laughs> 14 tackles and a sack. So I don't know what I did to do that, but you know what else you did? You told him a few weeks back, why the fuck are you starting Leonard Floyd? And Leonard Floyd (laughs) is having a goddamn good season. (laughs) 
I'm just gonna if you I mean it'd be a good thing if I keep calling guys out. What am I gonna do this week? Trevon Diggs. <laughs> Since he's acquired him, zero picks, three tackles. Uh I mean it was a low risk move, but you might be wondering that D B spot could be hurting. It's time to get until next time week. to get savage in this lineup. Oh, eh, never mind. I just looked at the stats. Ooh. Never mind. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's not I mean, it's either. it's rough. I mean, we it's been a story all season. The defense has been very hit or miss. And, I mean, this week, uh, with those performances that you're alluding to, Caleb, he has his highest output of the season, 87.25. Um, so some life maybe from this unit, but maybe not super sustainable. Um, you know, over the last, you know, over this win streak that he's on, he's been averaging 80 points per game on the defense, which is about average, three points above average. So that's better than what he was doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things again, where it's, it's like, yes, he's, he's in firm control of the pack five. He's seven and two. He's almost, uh, he, he's nearing me in war plus he's he's point some away now in war plus for me as for the number two spot there so i mean this team is is phenomenal it's incredible he's doing everything he needs to do um but then there are you know these sorts of weeks where suddenly you're, you're asking questions again um i don't know how much it matters i i think he's well on his way to another pack five championship when it's all said and done Huge win this week against the Rebels, a team that, you know, was uh, not, uh, it wasn't a cupcake. It was not a, this was not an easy win. He scrapes it out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like all for 14 weeks, we're going to talk about this team with an, yeah, but, and he's going to be 12 and two and he's going to win the pack five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's well on his way. He's pretty safe. So like I said, I think there's just maybe a few, a few patches he can make to ensure that he is at his best come playoff time because I think this is the year for him. I mean, McCaffrey coming back, I think it's all kind of aligned this year. Um, and hopefully everyone can stay healthy and he can make the moves to kind of patch up these holes to make sure he's at his best come week 16 and 17. Yeah, and Cooper Cup playing at an MVP level. Your yeah. uh, leader in the clubhouse right now. So that's another thing that he has going for him. Um but on the flip side of this game, it's obviously heartbreak for a team that hasn't known much of it this season. Uh, the Rebel Alliance getting pretty used to playing in these sorts of magical environments. Um, you know, over the go, leading up to this game, he was four and one in his last five. The only loss was a two twenty performance, um, and yeah, it just it just didn't come together quite enough for him this week. Robert Quinn breaks his heart, but. Um, I, I, I do want to mention this. Um, he, he has two Browns receivers on his team and in the post Odell Beckham jr. Era, he decided that he was going to start Jarvis Landry. Maybe he's been doing that. I, I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was on the bench and he was a Donovan Peoples Jones away from winning this game. So I'm just going to throw that out there. The Browns, uh, the Browns broke his heart this week. Just started the wrong one. <clears throat> yep. Um, this, I think the hmm, this defense that we kind of, we in week two, I think we kind of went at them a little bit. And then they kind of shut our mouths a little bit. They've been letting them down again lately. Uh, only averaging 
It's like about 70 maybe the past three weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he could definitely get hot at some point. It's Josh. He could find two guys on the waiver wire that score 20 points a game at any moment. Um, but right now it's it's looking like the weakness that we thought it was in week two. So, um, And with how weird this offensive lineup still looks, despite it scoring points, I might be a little bit worried. And this was a big game. We talked about it. Uh, last week on the ghost pod that he was going into this double matchup where he needs to get at least one of these two and if he does not get both of them it's looking very bleak so he kind of put himself into a a must win against Caleb this week yeah the the good news I mean Lamar still playing great Corderall still playing great and Elijah Mitchell sort of still maintaining that backfield uh, one of the acquisitions he made. Uh, yeah, the defense, I mean, again, it's never sexy, but he finds a way. And, it, you know, some weeks I feel like it's going to let down a little bit. Ever since Griffin was the plug-and-play this week, he's off the roster. Uh, Kenny Moore's been playing really well out of the DB spot. And Sam Hubbard, who has been on this team for a while, was I was looking at the trade that he made to acquire him. He traded away Gardner Minshew in a 22 first. For Corey Littleton, Sam Hubbard, and Josh Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a little fun yeah, little 2019, 2019, 2019 title run for Josh. Yep, right in peak <laughs> Minshew mania. So, um, but yeah, this it's in a weird spot. I mean, that was a big game, and he's got a massive one coming up. Um, you know, I don't know what his, his plan, I mean, he's made his moves already. Uh, he'll have Cole Hole come back, which will be nice. He's been playing well. Marcus Golden on the bench uh, with J.J. Watt out. I mean, even when, when J.J. Watt was in, he's been dominant. He's already got nine sacks in the season and four forced fumbles. He's been one of the big finds for this defense. But um, just waiting for guys. You know, Saquon still isn't back. Sounds like Michael Gallup's coming back, so that could be a, a receiver for him and his underrated crew. But... Uh, and the loss of Chase Edmonds could be, I mean, he's going to be out multiple weeks, so he's going to need Elijah Mitchell to maintain that backfield till Saquon gets back. So, yeah, tough L. Couldn't keep the magic up. Um, but, I mean, big game's coming up. He, he, the, he can control his destiny. For him. He's got this matchup with you this week, and if he really wants to, if he loses, he could undo all of it before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we... A joke about the Browns receivers thing, but I mean Chase Edmonds getting hurt and having you know, barely having nothing. Uh, I mean that's that's a dagger in an eight-point game that hurts a lot, um, and that it just goes to show you make moves like the one that he made. Elijah Mitchell now thrust into a very important role in this team. Um, hopefully Saquon comes back quickly. Um, sounds like maybe he will, uh, be back soon ish. So that the team needs it. I mean, he needs it quick. I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a must win this week, but it certainly has the feeling of one and the schedule over the last four games for him is pretty soft. I mean, if this Frazier team is what we, saw this week and after all the moves that you've made i mean he's got dave wilson batman uh herb your enthusiasm and the insulin pens three out of his four final games so there's opportunities after this week but 
you're talking about having to probably beat Dave uh, in that second matchup if you lose this week, which, you know, it's it's possible, but it's not something you want to count on. And, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it, the, the middle of the league right now. Everybody's sitting at five and four, and it's it's just going to be complete chaos. These buys are rough for Josh this week, too. I, I, from looking at his roster right, I think he's he has Elijah Mitchell as an active running back, and I think that's it at this moment. Yikes! Yeah, that's the that's the thing that you don't see when you look ahead on the schedule, unless you're really doing your research. You don't see the buys, and you don't see any injuries that pop up, and COVID that pops up, and yeah, that's that's tough. I mean. I like I said. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of action in the middle. We have uh, four, five, and four teams right now, so it it really is still wide open, and it might just come down to who can hit the right weeks at the right at the right times. And speaking of five and four, um, one of the teams that is five and four is the legendary Milkers, and I didn't think I would ever say that. Because this team was one and four. He was one and four in the pack five. And he was done. He was done going into the big five schedule. And this team has won four consecutive games. He has put up over 200 points in three out of the four and 195 in the fourth. The average is nearly to 200 points per game. The war plus is climbing and he is in as good of a position as any of these teams. KOC, Rebel Alliance, they're all in the same place now. The the fucking milkers, man. What what the hell? We left them for dead and he's just ripping these wins off and the team is it's not like he got he's getting lucky all of a sudden and you said going back to week 5 I mean it's not like he was getting unlucky I mean a little bit but he after week 5 he had a negative or plus still um and he has brought that all the way up to he's almost he's like in a tier with Parker and Caleb now um all of a sudden and he's he's 5 and 4 he's in good shape like you said and the team is just on fire I mean TJ Watt looking like I think just a almost runaway depoy right now. I mean, with the way he's been he's been playing, and it's just it's all over. JT has just done his late season thing again, um, and God and James Conner. Let's go. Uh, it's just it's On, everywhere. I mean, it's like ninety combined points, more than that, between TJ Watt, Jonathan Taylor, and James Conner. I mean, that is absurd. James Conner with a 37-point week. He's been sort of this touchdown guy all season. Chase Edmonds gets hurt. He plays the most amount of snaps he has this season, 77%, and he goes crazy. I mean, 96 yards rushing. He had five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. That's big for this offense, uh, possibly moving forward. I mean, it seems like he's going to have a massive role in that offense that is so high-powered. Uh couple that with Jonathan Taylor he's the dynasty RB1 now with how he's been performing 
Um, still has Josh Jacobs in that backfield. He's got Melvin Gordon, who's been playing all right. He's got the Defensive Player of the Year in T.J. Watts. Dak Prescott, Justin Jefferson, arguably the top dynasty wide receiver. He trades for Deion Jones. I mean, this team is really coming together. And like you said, we all left him out to, to die at one and four. And it's it's coming around for him. Just when we thought he was out, uh, he brings it back in. So, yeah, this is definitely turning into a scary team to play each week when you got, you know, TJ Watt and JT busting off um, big big time points, so that's that's a nice floor yeah, I mean, already. We talk about this team playing spoiler down the stretch. I mean, we literally talked about that on the midseason special two weeks ago, and suddenly he goes from spoiler to he is literally in the race, and I would argue that he is he's more in the race than a rebel alliance is right now because of how consistently dominant this team has been it it looks it on paper we were expecting him to look like this and now i mean he overcomes i mean it's not a one in six dan run but a one in four start to come back to this point and to win this game against the money makers a game that we would have said there's not a chance in hell you're winning. And by the way, look at my lineup. It doesn't matter because 227 is 10 points higher than I've averaged before this week. And I only have scored higher than that twice before that. So it has nothing to do with how bad my lineup was this week. This team came out and took it to the money makers and won this game. And that is the sort of thing we are talking about now with the Milkers. He is going to enter the big five and these games with Dan and Parker. And it is going to be this. He is going to be able to match up with these teams right now. And every one of us should be terrified of him. Yeah, I would not hesitate picking him against Dan this week. And it's just, there's studs everywhere in this lineup. He's just built on these... These studs of TJ Watt, Justin Jefferson, JT, Dak, and it's just it's it's amazing that it's gotten to this point where he's he's five and four and yeah, he's looking like he's just right there with you guys at this point with the way he's been playing recently. Remarkable. Just remarkable. I mean what a what a story. And and I agree. TJ Watt mark it in, man. This guy is he's gotta be the defensive player of the year right now, two 30 plus point performances in his last three weeks. I mean, it is just the definition of domination uh, for this guy. I mean, just it's, it's crazy. And James Connor, the web factor himself by God. Unbelievable. Well, as, uh, as impressive as this week was for the milkers, uh, one of the statements of the season, the money makers are were caught in a very precarious position this week. <laughs> and like I mentioned, it wouldn't maybe have really mattered because of how Im- impressive the milkers look, but it doesn't make it sting any less that I had Terrace Marshall and Nico Collins in the lineup this week. And unsurprisingly put up my lowest total of the season, 161. And, I mean, it's kind of 
Kind of like how we talk about with Dan. It's a little bit different. There's a lot of buys and some injuries, not season-ending injuries in there, but it kind of changes almost the way that you see the team, even in a weird sort of circumstance like this. Sorry, I was, I was just figuring out my sleeper app, and it looked like you had like eight buys this week, but I think they're all last week, like Bobby... Bobby Wagner and all that, and I just got completely yeah. rattled by that. But I was down ten starters yeah, this that's, week. I it was horrific. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was last week. So yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where you went into it probably not with much expectations, and then even less so after JT went off, and you're sitting there starting uh, Nico Collins, who and Terrace Marshall, who. About four points between the two, which is pretty reasonable, I think, actually going into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, not you weren't really expecting much. And then the Aaron Rodgers thing was kind of the nail in the in the coffin. So I think it's just a a let's put it in the past. Let's focus on the future. We got our starters back Got a lot of buys out of the way for the rest of this big five schedule. And just forget about this one and move on and uh, just take care of business in these upcoming weeks yeah it's it's tough to really take away much from your team this week with the buys um and injuries and everything um i mean cam jordan getting the start savvy old vet that had to feel good and he i mean he's had a nice couple weeks um three straight games with a sack has a forced fumble in there hassan reddick the chronicles of reddick uh continues to play really well he's having a great year um and ashton davis had 10 tackles and a couple forced fumbles but yeah it, i mean it's just tough to really evaluate where the team is at when half your starters are hope so. god damn ashton davis for putting up 19 <laughs> points on a thursday night and making me believe that there was any <laughs> chance that i could escape this week with a fucking win oh christ um, I, I only have one thing to very quickly talk talk about before we just move past this. Uh, Terrace Marshall recently caught some flack on a rival podcast. Uh, or sorry, a, a friend a friendly podcast, companion pod. You said what you meant. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, he was in the lineup this week, obviously by default, but where are you guys at with Terrace? Because we were all very vocal about being Terrace supporters and all the things that happened. I, you know, I need a temperature check after hearing what I heard on on the other podcast. Um, call me moderately concerned um, with how he's done so far and how much he's played. He's kind of the main uh, young piece on your team, so it's kind of been a guy I've been watching as a seller to see if maybe i can come up with something to send over to you and it's just kind of one of those things where i'm a little hesitant on it on it right now how much to value him so it hasn't been a great start but i still think there is time to to turn it around here to rebound i mean the whole panthers offense has been a mess these last four weeks anyway so um i didn't listen to what the slander that you're referencing, but I think it's, I'm, I'm alert, but not too worried yet. Yeah. 
I mean, Sam Darnold has been dog shit, so uh, I don't know. I'm still on Terrace Marshall. I just bought him somewhere else. I probably will continue to buy him other places. I know Mingo won't sell him for cheap, but I still believe in the talent. Um, slow start. Don't like to see it. Uh, but I think he's still the guy we saw on tape, and he hasn't, you know, he's been hurt, a little hurt too. So slow start, but I, I'm not, I'm not worried really much at all in my my house. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, these two expert dynasty analysts offering their takes on Terrace Marshall. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on. Uh, Milkers are five and four, and guess who else is five and four? KOC, because it has been a weird—it's oh, been a weird road to five and four, Caleb. But uh, you obviously go into this game with a selling David Wilson Batman, and you expect to come out of this with a win, maybe a little bit of a little bit of sweating with how he's looked, uh, you know, prior to this, but. Um, you escape with a win. Wasn't necessarily pretty after your week high, but you got it done. Yeah, I, I mean, coming into this, you know, Frazier's selling everything. I was feeling a little better. And then Thursday night, Naheem Hines has a big game, and I want to scoop my eyeballs out. I just stopped watching after halftime and just sort of uh, tried to forget about it. But, <laughs> I mean, that running back group of Howard and Hines uh, had a nice little week, and I, I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we get the win. It wasn't necessarily pretty. I mean, a 171, not very good. A lot of that has to do with Josh Allen. Don't get his normal 30 point week. Get eight out of him instead. Uh, so that that kind of hurt. Um, Najee Harris. It, I'm. I mean, without Najee, I'd be in trouble with my running back issues. And it's showing trading up for him in the draft has been massive for this team going forward i mean he has just been a workhorse through and through he's exactly who we thought he was and it's just been uh, uh great for the team so yeah other than that i mean decent week for the defense hopefully brian burns is all right that scumbag mac jones had to oh. go and ruin his ankle that'd be a tough loss for the team but yeah we need Brian Burns victimized we need some sort by of Mac fine. Jones. We need to find uh, I mean, who's got him. We need to find Tim for trading for him. We'll Carter. Like Carter. We need to find for Carter. <laughs> Specifically, we need Tim. to find both of them. I'm taking draft picks. I'll take more seconds. He's not even on my team anymore. Yeah, I mean, we just can't have that behavior. I mean, it's 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 time for these guys to just be shunned. Specifically, Mac Jones and Ruggs. I don't think Mac Jones should be on roster. <laughs> I, I might, the executive order that Mac Jones needs to be purged from the league Ma- after what I witnessed. He needs to be benched, oh, so- benched from forever game Brian's Burns. If he yes. misses games going forward, Mac Jones has to sit on the bench till he's back. There you go. That feels like there a good go. rule. Or forever. And I mentioned this uh, oh, when we were talking about mac jones um and frazier called on me to make a statement and i said you know i think mac jones is just kind of an asshole and it really just kind of culminated in actively trying to injure a superstar player by ripping his foot off so um yeah that's all i'll say on that hopefully brian burns is okay but uh back to koc 
Um, George Kittle makes a triumphant return. He was on the bench this week. Didn't ultimately matter in the result, but the score would have looked a little bit better had he been in the lineup, and that'll be something moving forward for this team as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just sort of generally here, I mean, we, we talk about the Fresh Prince and the sort of weird season that he's having, and you guys are having very similar seasons i mean you're nearly identical in points per game very close in war plus i mean the only difference is that one of you is seven and two (laughs) and one of you is five and four i mean it really is yeah it's just been sort of unfortunate how the beginning of the season unfolded uh we strung together two wins in a row here we were at three and four we've got big matchups coming up and i think you know it was a little bit of a down week this week but um I'm not really sure what like what the weaknesses are on this team that I need to go out and address. I mean, running back depth I went and do. It sounds like Damien Harris might be hurt now too, but I don't know what I'm going to be. If there's like a big move I'm really plotting right now unless I'm, I'm trying to just upgrade one of these guys on my team. Um, I kind of got what I got and try and make this run. I still feel confident. Yeah, you're, you're very similar to Parker when we talked about with him where he kind of snuck away with a victory uh, maybe not the most impressive uh, performance but just one of those things where the pieces are still there you just need for them to come together for this for the stretch run and in the meantime just getting that win was pretty important and then you got a a big game coming up with Josh so hopefully the superstars you lean on come up uh, bigger than they did in in the week against me yeah, we talk about the how big that game is for Josh, but it's just as big yeah. for KOC. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it really is. I mean, and you know, I would anticipate you going in as a favorite. I mean, you do have the star power in the lineup that uh, Rebel Alliance doesn't necessarily have, especially right now if Saquon is out another week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it it really is just a weird a weird year, and you got to think that over the last five weeks here, the you know the water will kind of find its level, and and you'll see some production out of your stars. But you know, it's we're nine weeks in, and it's just been kind of the same story for the whole season. I, and I do want to say this, by the way, a fun fact of the week: Chandler Jones. First sack of the season since week one. I forgot he existed. Yeah, it's been dumb, honestly. And he's, I mean, he's going to be the next guy up if if Brian Burns is hurt. So, uh, might be leaning on him. Hopefully he can pick it back up since that 49-point performance on my bench. I mean, come on. fucking believe it. I need to redact my... Going back to my Josh statement that he's got a bunch of running backs not active, that's untrue. It was the sleeper app, which I figured out during Mingo's betraying me, saying he had people with buys in his lineup, even though they were last week. So he has active running backs this week. You know, you, you really don't know what to believe anymore these days. Yeah. Um, none of us have consulted with Joe Rogan uh, leading <laughs> up to this podcast, so we just hey. really not, we're not sure what's going Speak on. Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Joe, KOC that... <laughs> strikes me as the team that has Joe Rogan on speed dial. Is, is Saquon playing this week? Can we get an update on that ankle? Joe, please. Let me ask Joe. We're we're good friends. We came friends really quickly, and <laughs> right, yeah. 
I yep, I get it. Okay. Well, um, on the flip side of this game is David Wilson, Batman. Um, different story with this team now over the last two weeks, uh, dropping the last two games here. Um, another team that's at five and four, but on a different sort of trajectory um, than these other five and four teams. But, um, you know, the the Joe Burrow move is, is sort of what I view as kind of a, an exclamation point on this season for you. Um, locking up that player, locking up what you know, what is beyond the player, what is this connection that you're going to have with Burrow and Chase for the next how many ever years, um, and yeah, a lot of lot of moves, and you've been active, and I, it, it it just feels like a sort of like a last hurrah the last uh, couple weeks here. Yeah, it was a weird it was a weird year. We got out to that good start, and now we're kind of just on that trajectory that we expect it to be on um, going into the year so made those made those moves um and yeah it's I'm not really expecting much it's probably going to be a weird weird four weeks for me that i've never really experienced in web with getting out of the getting out of the race here my team is looking rough against him so i think that's going to be another loss <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't got a lot of players to play can't start uh, Joe, yet this week we got to buy. I mean, oh. maybe I could get like a commissioner's exemption to start Joe and Jamar <laughs> this week because I just got them and it'd be fun, even though they're on buy. Um, I'd give that exemption. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just gonna watch how things go. I was a little a little upset that I got cute and started Tyrod instead of Fields. Uh, <laughs> that was disappointing this would have been pretty close without that so <laughs> that that's eaten at me a little the past few days um so justin fields and then i kind of took a starting job from him too right away with this trade so i i mean he's responding <laughs> to adversity i guess <laughs> <laughs> he finally has his big breakout game he's like all right finally i'm gonna be the quarterback he's like joe burrow comes into town like god damn it <laughs> Yep. Um, not catch a break. That was yeah. That was good to see him playing well. I I'm gonna be so angry at like the teams ahead of the the Bears, the Broncos, yeah. the Panthers, even the Falcons for being fucking morons and not taking Justin Fields and us having to deal with him for the next decade. So um, that's great. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, Mini Gronk, uh, Pratt Fryermuth has two touchdowns, starting to heat up. Pretty good for a rookie tight end. Um. And that's about it, honestly. I, I, it is about it. It's my only bullet point for this team was P- Pat Fryermuth because ever since the nickname change, Pat cannot be stopped. Fryer Tuck, baby. <laughs> Fryer Tuck. He's a touchdown machine. Um, I was offered Kyle Pitts for him today. I turned it down pretty easily. So, yeah, he's got a. Uh, way more touchdowns than Pitts this week's or this year so i think i made the right selection there yeah i would say easily yeah that is that's that's all there is to say it's a different it's a different era now officially for david wilson batman we um symbolically closed the book on on i, I would say the last uh eight or so years of dominance with with this week and what it means and moving forward. Um, but, uh, 
staying in the pack five. We're in the five slot, and we haven't talked about the team that had a week high this week quite yet. We've talked about a lot of great teams, playoff teams, championship favorites, but the week high this week belongs to the newly branded Herb Your Enthusiasm. One week off of scorching drama of a PR nightmare. <laughs> Riley and Herb Your Enthusiasm responds with a I an unfathomable performance. I mean, never has this team even been near this <laughs> sort of a level 240 points before this week i mean it, he was coming off of five straight losses and boom out of nowhere this could have easily been dave this could have easily been koc i mean it happens to be the insulin pens but i mean this team apparently has this in it this might have been the most shocking weekly web score I've ever seen. I was kind of looking back through these. Carter's week high last year kind of stuck out, even though his team was pretty average last year. He had a week high in week 10 last year, which was 181, only like 14 points above the week high. So I I haven't looked past last year at all, but I feel pretty comfortable in saying this is the most <laughs> shocking weekly performance i've ever seen i mean this there's plenty of glimpses of the future on offense but specifically this defense i think i called it out about four four weeks ago um as being the worst defense in web by far and since that point he is averaging more points on defense than dan in the last four weeks so um something about me and caleb we have like these special (laughs) powers to just be completely wrong about things and like help people by doing it like superheroes (laughs) yeah we we don't wear capes or anything but we're always here for you guys um but yeah i mean it was an i was actually visiting riley on sunday and he was just like he didn't know how to act like he could not believe what was happening his team had never done anything like this. And he just, this was the first time he like felt happy watching his, his team on a Sunday pretty much. Oh, I mean, the Josh Allen performance, the the Jaguar Josh Allen performance, I feel like I feel like he didn't get awarded enough points. 26 feels a low. I mean, a sack, a, an interception, a, eight tackles. I mean, it was an absurd game from Josh Allen. Trey Hendrickson has a sack. Uh, every game since week five, he's been a fun little waiver wire guy. I know he's trying to sell him. I mean, Bobby Okariki, 11 tackles and a pick. He's trying to sell him. Professor Q, Xavier McKinney has two picks, seven tackles. So, I mean, it was just an unbelievable defensive performance. And I was also talking a little bit. It's like sort of an inner struggle where Frazier was calling out his defense. You know, these guys like Okariki, McKinney, like, are they guys you want to sell high while you can, or are these your building blocks for the future? So that's sort of the, that, that battle where, you know, these are young guys who have upside, but will they have impact like this again? So um, a really nice week for, for Riley and, like, a glimpse of the future for him. 
Yeah, I mean, it. I was going to ask you guys the same thing about this defense because there's building blocks here for sure. I mean, he's built it up. There's young guys here, Xavier McKinney, a guy that he went out and got. Um, and, yeah, I, it's just – I. It, it kind of goes back to the conversation of, you know, what really is this team's window? I mean, we, we just talked about Frazier, this symbolic exit. We talk about, you know, the moneymakers, maybe they're approaching the end sooner rather than later when it's all said and done. And the boys all uh, in a similar position. So the, the Rileys and the Tims of the world are – are knocking on the doorstep. I mean, it, it, it's it's coming up um, to a point where you know these teams with these super young cores are are going to have an opportunity, uh, maybe in the next couple of years. And you know, a defense like this, where on you know at first it maybe seems like it's a sort of pieced together and it, it wasn't performing at all. I mean, we had a thirty-nine point performance in there. Uh, but now suddenly it is. And so now you have to ask those questions. You know, what are these players? Like, who are these guys for me in the long haul? Yeah, I think he's in the spot where he, he maybe wants to trade some of these guys, but they're just the types of players where they don't really have that name value built up. So I'm not sure what he's going to get for them. That might not be just more worth it for him to just keep him, keep them in this lineup going into next year. And I, I think a lot of this team that we were calling a dark horse playoff contender going into this year is still here. So I think we could easily just be back to doing that at the beginning of next year. So I wouldn't be uh, too eager to sell some of these younger defensive pieces um, if I were in his position. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot, but I, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, it's sort of the same thing, you know. Javante Williams and A.J. Dillon are sort of waiting in the, the wing where they could be, take starting jobs next season. I mean, Javante Williams, I keep seeing posts about his forced missed tackles leading the league and limited opportunities. So, I mean, if they get their jobs and then you add in Pittman breaking out, Hollywood breaking out, Jerry Judy, and then maybe even a Chase Claypool in there with, with Justin Herbert, I mean, like this is a good team. And we saw it this week where you saw the potential it has. So... Um, yeah, he could be in a spot where you know let's, you're not going to get a ton for Bobby Okariki or, or Xavier McKinney most likely. So why not hold on, start to slowly build that defense, and go into next year feeling a little more hopeful. One of the themes of last season was dynasty moves fast, and we're seeing it with this team. I mean, going into the year, it was very easy to say, oh, you know, he's a couple years away. There's really dominant teams on the top of web right now, and that's still true. But at the same time, we've seen the Michael Pittman breakout. We've seen the Javante Williams flashes, and this week over 100 yards for the first time. And A.J. Dillon getting a ton of hype and, you know, possibly even next season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the pieces are there. Ju it starts with Justin Herbert, and it, it all goes down from there. And he's going to add another first-round caliber player into this mix, and it could be that quick. It could be that quick. Jerry Judy becomes a superstar. Suddenly you have a couple of stars at receiver, great running back core to build around. I mean, it can really happen that quickly. We've seen these, you know, the Michael Thomases of the world just go from superstardom to nothingness so quickly, um, and it can go the other way around too. On the other side of things, 
is the Pens, who are right in the same conversation. I mean, they don't get the win this week, and, but it feels like we, we come on here every single week and we say, oh, the, the Pens fell this week, but goddamn, the future is bright. And, I mean, that's really <laughs> what it is because he's four straight losses now, but, uh, you know, the, the moves that he made today – really just lock it in where this team is headed now with Kyler at the helm. And I want to mention specifically to week nine, Micah Parsons, the takeover has begun because we were already talking about him at at the midseason point as, you know, probably the, the de facto favorite for defensive rookie of the year. Well, he's taken offense to that, and now he is just becoming the defensive rookie of the year unquestionably uh, after 30 points this week. Yeah, I think he might be forcing himself onto the the depoy ballots at this at this rate. Um, and the my main takeaway from Tim's week is you just look at it uh, 158, just a just a regular casual amount for Tim. Uh, when when you break it down to his offensive and defensive scores, it's very very unusual. He put up 110 points, almost 111 on the defense, and only uh, 47 points on offense. So very unorthodox. Uh, 150. <laughs> yeah, it was a historically bad performance. I mean, the lowest offensive output of the year. Um, Joe Burrow gets back in the lineup five points with Hertz on the bench, scored 18. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about some, like Brian Edwards is a guy, you know, I've been on for a while, but you know, he did the, what did he do? The nickname change or whatever to, you know, stock up with the Hunter Ruggs thing. And this mm. week he had four targets, no catches. So, you know, that's a guy who's been waiting to break out. Tyler Boyd was a guy he, he acquired for a first in 2020 and he has really fallen off i mean you bring in two alphas t higgins and uh jamar chase and all of a sudden i mean he only had two targets this week and a catch really hasn't been all that much of a startable asset like still a good player but for fantasy has really fallen off so that's hurt him a little bit but you you still got your guys um for the future bateman pitts lamb and then, obviously, Micah Parsons doing his thing. So, yeah, uh, future's bright. Obviously, some issues still with this team, but Kyler coming in is, it can cover up a few of those. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a horrific offensive performance, obviously. I mean, the, the, the defensive performance is, like, shockingly great. I mean fueled by Micah Parsons like we talk about but 110 is is no joke um and you know he trades Deion Jones he continues to find ways to mine value out of every single player he possibly can I mean even you know the third for Tim Patrick and uh, uh, this for that and you know he's he just continues to add picks to his haul and now he you, you can't even see all of his picks on one screen on sleeper it's it's like a scrolling situation now so i mean it's it it is remarkable uh what what he's done and this week with the with the trades that he made really um you know similar to to uh a frazier on the other side of things 
sort of an exclamation point for this team uh, as we approach the trade deadline, really putting his stamp on things um, as, you know, obviously we move towards 2022 and brighter pastures for, for the insulin pens. Yeah, my main goal for this team, I mean, it's been a great year to this point, like you said, exclamation point. Um, just don't do one of those Tyler Boyd trades at the deadline like he did last year. <laughs> just avoid doing that and it'll be a great year yeah just because you have the firsts doesn't mean you, you have to trade them <laughs> yeah. i like that words of wisdom yeah. <laughs> all right uh let's wrap it up then last game of the week and it's it's on the bottom but it wasn't free of implication uh it was that sort of a game uh we get these every single year it was the team formerly known as K1 Jelly against the Dynasty team with first round or first overall implications on the line. And going into the game, we didn't think it really mattered all that much because Carter didn't have the pick and so it didn't have the same sort of character as these games typically do. But now that he does have that pick, it, it means a little bit more. And ultimately it was... Uh, Carter, that comes away as the victor. I'll say that loosely. <laughs> yep, and uh, Colin locks up that uh, almost officially locks up that number one pick. Crazier things have probably probably happened. Um, yeah, Carter's team. A lot to talk about here. Brandon Ayuk. Yes, back, back, back. Let's go. Huge. He has um, exited big, the doghouse. Yeah, big for uh, the future prospects of this team that it wasn't just going to be a full-on Dante Pettis situation. So if that's a thing, that Ayuk, Tony, Waddle, wide receiver core looks really nice, and all of a sudden he's in position to um, add a, a Garrett Wilson, who he was talking about today, or if he wants to go a, a different direction, he could take one of those uh, top two running backs this year. So... Just the, I mean, he was pretty sad about the Kyler trade, but I think just the fact that he now has his own pick, he's up early in the in the draft. He doesn't just have uh, whatever pick he had, Parker's pick. Um, so he can kind of look at these top guys, and I just think it's a more exciting situation, even if you are um, out Kyler. Yeah, he's sitting a lot better. Uh, that receiving core sounds nice if, if Ayuk is back. And now with his first back, plus now Parker's first and Dave's first. So three firsts in the first round, that's big for this team. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Got to figure out if Mac Jones is going to be the guy for this team or if he's going to probably has to target someone maybe early second, late first, That if he wants to scoop someone up, maybe like a Matt Corral. But, I mean, there's still – I mean, this defense is not great. Um Buda Baker, we'll have to see if he retains him or if he's maybe a trade piece at the deadline. Like I said last week, he's had a slow year, but seven tackles and a pick this week. So, again, my curse, it comes again. Uh, <laughs> Buda Baker, nice week. Um, but, I mean, there's still some work to be done, but you see it sort of, the with the Kyler trade getting the picks, you sort of see, you know, it feels like he's in a better position now, even though, you know, you lose a top player like that. I mean, it is remarkable how different of a position this team is in. I mean, to look at the fact that he has three first-round picks coming up this year, yeah. including his own, I mean, it is 
it, it is such a different feeling because, I mean, this team hasn't even had a single first-round pick since 2008. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that has been in a transitional period for a, quite a few years and hasn't even had an opportunity to pick in the first round. And uh, he's now in the in this, in, you know, not quite the same position that he was uh, when he came into the league in 2016. And he had those three firsts. They, they're not going to all be in the top four like they were that year. But he has that sort of an opportunity once again to add three pieces directly into things alongside of these guys that he already has lined up at receiver. I love that he's talking about Garrett Wilson. We're getting the names out there. We're getting the buzz going already. These teams are starting to feel it. Uh, we'll talk about Colin in a minute, but, you know, Tra- Traylon Burks already getting thrown out there. And, you know, these teams are getting pumped up. They want to make they want to make these moves. They want to get on the right track. And uh, it's, it's hard not to be excited for, for this team, whatever it's going to be branded as moving forward, because... Uh, it, it just feels so much different now. That is a, a shocking statistic that you just threw out at me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't listen to any other words that you said. Um, <laughs> so, uh, three first-round picks in his first draft 2016, and he's made one since then, and it was Ronald Jones? Damn. <laughs> sure was. How is, how is that possible? Oh, my goodness. This... This is his year. He's gonna. He's doing the drafting this year. Yes. Yeah, it's it's no coincidence. The position that this team has been in since he came into the league. I mean, he had one Cinderella story, and we'll never forget that. But outside of that, I mean, it. He he just hasn't had the ammunition that he needed to get this team, uh, which was in a rough spot when he took it over. Uh, five years ago, (laughs) Uh, he's never really had an opportunity to put it on the right path since that point. So um, here's to hoping that this is that opportunity. And, you know, it it ultimately costs him uh, Kyler Murray, uh, a a player that has been, you know, the face of the franchise since he drafted him, an exceptional draft pick in the second round in 2019. And, yeah, I mean, I – he, he, like you just said, Caleb, he's is he's got the picks to make that quarterback change real quick. He's got Dave and Parker's first, so those are going to be later. Um, so if he wants to do it, it's it's right there. Uh, on the flip side of this game is the Dynasty team, which, uh, like I just said, also excited about draft season already approaching that 0 and 10 marker which is what i said was the point in time where i was going to really start talking about this team going winless um but uh yeah it, it, i don't think it bothers him he's ready to pick number one and put uh Traylon next to Devonte smith who uh really kind of had his moment this week and that's going to be a very nice combination uh moving forward yeah Trail, putting Traylon with this is going to be huge. Jalen Hurts, uh, from what I saw, looked like a real quarterback this week with some of those throws. So you're you're looking at oh Devontae if he if he had a quarterback with how open he's getting, he could be putting up these types of numbers on a on a weekly basis. And yeah, it's just a a nice week to see 
when you're in a call situation, you just want to see those players that you've invested this high capital in uh, put up those types of numbers, and it, it wasn't a bad thing uh, locking up that uh, that number one pick. Yep, that was big for him. Obviously, Devonta Smith, big wig. Mooney had a nice one. Um, and then Jeffrey Simmons, which you mentioned on the bench, ha- bench had three sacks. So that could be a piece going forward. But it's interesting to see the trajectories of these expansion teams because um, I feel like Riley's a little bit ahead right now where he has pieces where he could still move them at the trade deadline if he wanted to sell some guys, whereas Colin, I mean, he's bare bones right now. I don't know what players, I mean, outside of maybe like Minka Fitzpatrick, um, that teams would be looking out to go and uh, acquire. So, I mean, this is pretty much what you're going to be taking in the next season. A lot of guys going to be dropped, gone, and a lot of picks coming in. But uh, where Riley has some um, wiggle room where he could move some guys, hold on. I mean, he's he's stripped down bare bones here. I mean, there's there's two very clear things you can point to with Riley uh, to say, you know, how he got ahead of Colin in this manner. And no, number one, you have to go all the way back to the expansion draft because Riley, uh, having the experience that he did, picked those second-round picks uh, which turned into players like Michael Pittman and A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it the, right there, two of the players that we talked about as being key pieces for him moving forward, uh, second-round picks for him in that draft, and then uh, finagling A.J. Brown somehow away from Calvin and just completely changing the arc of this team, and then flipping him, adding firsts, adding Jerry Judy. I mean, right there, those two things alone – uh, just set him apart from Colin. And, I mean, Colin's on the right track, but it's it's undoubtable that Riley is uh, pretty significantly ahead of him if we're comparing the two. Yeah, it just took that, that extra experience Riley had that Colin took a few months to catch up. He's definitely caught up at this point, but it, it is still kind of apparent in these teams, and it's apparent just from their scores this week where they or this year they were pretty much identical in scores last year, 142 the average. And this year, Riley's taken that step forward up to 168. Still not great, but Colin's still down at 150. So, yeah, you can definitely see um, the fruits of that expansion draft starting to pay off for Riley here. Well, that is week nine, everybody. Uh, what a fun week. And uh, like I mentioned at the top, it is web fashion like we get every single year where we think we know what's happening and yet chaos ensues by week 10. The trade deadline um, is fastly approaching and we have a lot of teams in the middle that are going to look to separate themselves in any way that they can. And some teams at the top that are maybe experiencing some turbulence that they weren't anticipating. So, uh, ton of fun, ton of fun left in this season. I, I I'm not having any fun anymore, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> the money makers are six and three, and I'm sure Dan had had a moment this week uh, with how his team looked. So, we're all just in this big thing together at this point, and all we can do now is look ahead to week ten. And that means it's time for the lightning round. And Frazier, do you want to make some 
quick makeshift lines again for us. <laughs> yes. Sportsbook letting us down, huh? Yep, they're overworked, you yep, know. Yep. So, <laughs> underfunded. Mm-hmm. A lot of they owe a lot of money out to people. <laughs> <laughs> low staff, low staffing. Uh, All right. Oh, I don't have this very well organized, so we'll just uh, go through these in a weird order. Um, we'll just start with Mingo and Colin this week, and these lines are gonna be no bye weeks factored in. I, I mean, it's obvious I struggle at figuring out who's on bye. <laughs> so let's put this line at minus. 60 for the money makers. Damn. Yeah. Um, I think hmm, kind of depends what guys are coming back. James Robinson, possibly. Aaron Rodgers, hopefully. Um, and I already mentioned how bare bones this, this Collins team is. I think I'm going to take Mingo to cover 60 in this one. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a get-right game for me in every sense of the word. I mean, after the the disaster that was Week Nine, um, gotta get a gotta get a good taste back in the mouth with this with this game against Colin. Guys are coming back into the lineup. Um, still, po- a possibility that I'm starting a waiver receiver this week because I just will not start Terrace Marshall. So. Uh, but even then, uh, I like how the team's shaping up. So I'm—I don't know, 60. That's that's quite a that's quite a lot. But uh, just give me the just give me the money makers, man. Whatever. Yeah, I'll take the money makers as well. Get right game, like you guys mentioned. I don't see how the money makers don't bounce back, and the Colin team is pretty bare bones, as we talked about. And also, just need to say, uh, money makers legend Tim Patrick back in the building. Legend. I had him for a week or two last year, <laughs> oh. and it really hurt to let him go. Legend <laughs> back. Numbers oh. in the rafters. <laughs> He's got to feel good knowing went out and traded for him. So much crying uh, when he got to the facility this morning. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, all right, moving on. We got uh, Dan, also a team looking for a recovery, a get-right game. And he has it a little tougher this week with uh, the Red Hot Calvin team. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna bring this one. We're going to – I said I wanted to pick a Calvin win earlier. I think I'm going to lower this one down to, like, minus, minus 18. Let's do that. Minus 18 for Dan. This is a hell of a game. Just a freaking monster game. Uh, the narratives have, have created this situation now where you do kind of feel like Calvin might might have something going for him going into this one. Uh, and what a win it would be. I mean, you might as well just lock up a playoff spot if he's going to knock off me and Dan in back-to-back weeks. Um, I'm going to take him to cover the 18. Yeah, I'm going to take Kelvin to cover too, and I almost might want to see what the the odds are just to take him straight up. Uh, this team has been on fire. James Conner has been unleashed. And I, I don't know. I, this Dan team is sort of stumbling. 
Next we got Stafford starting again this week. Um, the running back situation, not great. Moss and Gainwell, I'm assuming. Oh, the Bears are on a bye, so no Montgomery and no Mixon. That's big. So out as three big running backs. I'm going to take Calvin. Yeah, I'm going to hop on that too. Um, like you said, I want to see what these actual odds are to see what we can get on Calvin because these teams are just kind of headed in opposite directions right now, and I think I might take Calvin just to win out. Just like Caleb said, I think, I, I think I'm going to do that, especially with him saying Mixon's on by. Montgomery coming back up by. I think Calvin's got a shot to really make a huge statement here, and I'm going to pick him to cover and win. All right, moving on to the final Big Five matchup. We got Parker versus Carter this week. Carter just made a big move, uh, getting rid of his star quarterback. And we got Parker favored by, let's do 40. Five points this week. What do we think? Um, uh, that feels about right. I mean, Parker's still not back to 100%. Might be down Chubb this week. So AP might be slouting into the lineup. Don't know about Odell. He probably won't be playing. Um, but the defense has been playing really well. I think that's a big advantage over Carter. I... Mm, I think I'm going to go Parker to cover. Yeah, I'm going to take Parker as well. Um, you know, obviously not quite at 100% yet, but this new look uh, Carter lineup is kind of scary to, to look at and not the right <laughs> kind of way. So I'll take Parker. A little spooky. <laughs> oh, we're, we're done with that. Thanks, guys. No, nope, that's nope, over now. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, it's fuck. Christmas. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take Parker as well. I think uh, this is going to be a rough end of the year for for Carter. I know it's probably going to eat at him putting up these uh, bad stats. So, But we're taking Parker to cover this one. All right, moving over to the pack five. Um, let's start with we got Dave facing off with Riley this week, which... As you mentioned last week, Riley would have beat any other team that existed in Web. Um, so maybe just not a cakewalk that we thought it would be for Dave going into this with Riley showing that type of ceiling. Um, and we got, let's do Dave by 32 points. <laughs> You you got to talk about Riley setting this game up about as perfectly as he possibly could have because any other week it'd be a yawn fest. Oh, I'm taking Dave to cover, but you come in off of a 240 and suddenly the people start asking questions like, what can this team do? Um, yeah, I... I'm going to take Dave to cover, but I, I, yeah, this is a little bit weird now. I'm going to take Dave as well. Um, we'll see if Riley can ride the momentum of last week, but man, I'm not sure if, if we'll see that quite again. Um, looks like some changes in the lineup on defense as well. I'm going to take Dave to cover. Yeah, I'm going to go that way as well. Have we agreed on everyone? I don't, I don't know. We might have. <laughs> so. 
but yeah, I think he, I think Riley comes back down to earth. A lot of that was his defense making big plays. Um, I think Dave bounces back more to that form we saw him at before um, this week. So yeah, I'm going to take Dave to cover that. Um, and moving over to, uh, we got myself facing Tim this week. And this is about the only matchup that I have some knowledge of the buy situations. Um, and I think I do not deserve to be favored remotely this week. <laughs> I'm going to put Tim at like minus, minus 12. I don't even know who's playing quarterback. Oh, jeez, oh, oh, that's, right. that's right. Bears by, Bengals by, yeah. Zach Wilson hurt. Steelers are interesting. So yeah, what do you what do you guys think? <laughs> With that knowledge, I think I'm gonna end up taking Tim. Um, we'll see if Kyler Murray will he be back. Eh, he hopes to play in week ten, but they're considering long term, so he might be out. But he still has hurts if he needs them. So. I, yeah, I'm going to take Tim here. Yep. Uh, the Insulin Pens have not beaten David Wilson Batman since 2018, and I think that streak ends this week. Uh, it's it's a new era in the Pac-5, and I'm taking the Pens. Yeah, I'm hopping on that too. It's just the feeling around this uh, uh, David Wilson theme right now just feels like it's going to be just a <laughs> massive skid to the finish line and I think this is the the start of it so yeah I'm taking Tim as well and we we all agreed again yes. <laughs> um, so let's move to a possible game of the week favorite here we got Caleb versus Josh this week two teams fighting for their playoff lives um, and let's put uh, two teams that had a rough week nine that are looking to recover so let's put Caleb at the minus 10. I am going to take the Rebels to cover that. I think this is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, we got a lot of Rebels magic in play here. Caleb's been kind of the anti-magic team this year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very close game, and I might even pick the Rebels to win. Yeah, I was saying the same thing. I feel like I'm... <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to pick up, but it's just like... Josh is like this magic team, and there is no magic in this team right now. I am searching, I am grasping for any sort of wizardry I can fucking pump into this team. But I think, uh, you know, Josh Allen against the Jets this week, Najee against the Lions. There's a couple nice uh, uh, matchups, and I think this team is going to bounce back in a, in a do-or-die game pretty much. I'm, I'm taking... KOC, I'm taking myself. I'm gonna take KOC as well. It's like I feel like I've had questions about this Josh team throughout the year. They just the magic has continuously proved me wrong, and I'm starting to get worried that it maybe is running out. But this will be the the ultimate test. But if I put my money on it, I'm taking KOOC this week to cover ten. And that's all the games. And that's week 10. Just like that. So, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's just it's another one of those weeks. We got the Dan Calvin game. We got the Josh Caleb game. I mean, these are these are season defining games at this point in the thing. And, um, you know, the trade deadline looming. This is the last week of games before the trade deadline hits. So um, we are officially in all systems go mode. If you are one of these middle ground teams or maybe even some teams at the top, um, now is your opportunity to make those last additions, uh, shore everything up, make the patches that we've alluded to, and uh, get yourself ready for a bumpy ride over the last four weeks in the revenge block. Ooh. So, oh, man, it's going to hit different this year, I think. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line. You have contenders that know that their window is shrinking. You have teams in the middle that know that, their their own windows in a way might be shrinking you don't really know what to expect mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think you're gonna see some desperation maybe uh more than we thought we were gonna see when dan was just running the show here. yeah all of these playoff teams have kind of the runaways are coming back to the pack and these uh people who are lagging behind like calvin are coming forward and it should make for an interesting yep. trade deadline absolutely all right, everybody. Well, uh, Caleb, thanks for your performance last week, and thanks for joining us this week. And uh, hopefully we can all do this again next week. It's been really fun. Sounds good to me. Let's uh, go ahead and make it a great week 10. <laughs>